Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We would be, thank you, we will be talking about a topic which, which is Palm Sunday, and we'll be looking at a topic which I will call Jesus Chose a Ride, Jesus Chose a Ride, Jesus Chose a Ride. Now, when we see this Palm Sunday, I want you to first of all understand that there is a lot of, on that very particular day, there was loads of history happening. Now, in the Gospels, that is the, the, the whole Gospels that you have, you have 89 chapters in the whole Gospel. So that's from Matthew to Luke, John, and, and the four Gospels, you have 89 chapters in all. Four of those chapters are dedicated to the three light, the the um, the sorry, the thirty light, the thirty, uh, the twenty nine or thirty years of um, sorry, the the thirty years of Jesus. You know, Jesus lived for thirty three years. So the first thirty years that you would see going through the scriptures, you will find that in three chapters, and the rest of the eighty five chapters, the four chapters are for the parts of Jesus and everything, the 85 of the 89 is about the ministry of Jesus. And out of that 89, 85, sorry, out of that 85, 29 of it is dedicated to the last week Jesus lived. What am I trying to stress to us is that there is, there is such an emphasis on Christians understanding what this week is about. Understanding what this week is about. In fact, you would see it from, you know, we were talking, I was sharing with us some Bible um, interpretation and accuracies, and I was, if you can remember, when I was um, explaining on the book of Daniel, and I was telling, showing us where we are in history according to the prophecy of Daniel and where Brexit comes in the book of Daniel. That's when you look at uh, things like that, we're not, we're not discussing about the book of Daniel, but one of the, one of the Bibles, one of which Bible scholar, which I am not, will tell you that, will tell you that, you know, the, the, the timeline, that's why when, G, when Jesus was asked about when he's come, Jesus said, go and read the book of Daniel. Because once you read the book of Daniel, you would understand accurately what is happening. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we have just a couple of, so if I was going to look at the book of Daniel, when you see Daniel chapter 9 from verse 20, 24 to 25, the Bible says 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city to finish transgressions and, said, and to make hands and, and to make an hand of sin, to make Greek to make reconciliation of for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness and, and the seal. Now, the Bible says 70 weeks. Now, you would, another version may be amplified or whatever, will tell you 70 of seven. So, in, in Bible, in, sorry, I hate to, I was teaching some people in, in America at this time, people were like, what's going on? I said, okay, the, the, the thing I just want to let you know is that, you have, when you go to verse 
25. It talks about there are seven, there has, verse 25, do I have next slide? It says, it says, and therefore understand that from the going out of the commandment to restore the building of Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks. Now, weeks means seven days. So there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. If you had both of them together, they give you 69. Now, when you multiply those dates, what I'm pointing out to you is that the very day that the, 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 um, the day that Daniel was prophesying, that was the exact day Jesus entered Jerusalem. Not a day away, not a day before, that exact day. And that was like 173,880 days from the day where they gave the decree in, um, in, in the book of Nehemiah up to that day. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me spare you all just kind of um, amen. Because I, I was teaching some people in, in America via, via um, um, what was it called? Telephone conference. And you know, I said, you know, if you, we need, I need some, I need to get your calculators and things like that. Because the Bible is so accurate. Very spot on. So God help us in Jesus' name. Now, let, let's just quick, quickly look at, we'll just look at this issue around Passover. Because the case was not necessarily um, the triumphant entry. It was that Jesus was targeting something which was the Passover. Now, the Passover marks, if you go to Exodus, Exodus chapter, yeah, Exodus chapter 12, from verse 11 to 14. Now, this is where God instituted Passover. And God was saying that, you know, this, when you would, you would kill an animal, you would make sure you eat it in your house. Everybody should sit in the house and they will use the blood of that animal to, to mark the doorpost. And if you look at what God was saying, God said, that for I will pass through the land of Egypt, on that land, that will strike all the firstborn in the land, both man and beast, and against the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. When you ask somebody that, who was holding Israel captive? They will say it's Pharaoh. Pharaoh. It wasn't Pharaoh. Though. The Bible says the gods of Egypt. So they were not only held captive by one man, they were held captive by the entire gods. That is why when you see the ten plagues, God was dealing with individual gods. Each plague had a meaning. God was, did not just choose ten at, at random. He was dealing with each god at time. So God said, but God now told him that I need you to make sure that this feast, you continue, you, it, it goes on for, for one generation for another. I need to make sure that it goes on from one generation to another. But when they want to start the Passover feast, when you read that Exodus 12 down, you probably see, when they want to mark that Passover feast, one of the things God said to them is that you will first of all bring the sacrifice before the day 
that the Passover happens for the, for the priest to inspect. So when the priest was inspecting, when people were bringing their sacrifice in, you saw God also bring his sacrifice in the person of Jesus. So when Jesus was entering Jerusalem on that day, he was presenting himself as a sacrifice. That was why when Jesus went, the place he went to was the temple. Because he was going there to say, God, I am here to be inspected and to be marked as the correct sacrifice, if that makes sense. I'm just trying to give you some background to what exactly, why did Jesus begin to make that journey? When you, and there is one interesting thing, that Jesus chose a donkey. It does not make sense if they, if, okay, let me just say that, for example, when they were shouting Hosanna, it was Bible prophecy. One, you have it in Zechariah 9, you have it in Psalm, what, in 1, 2, 8, or so, that talks about the one, that talks about, about that very particular part. But what I'm trying to say to you, I want you to please picture it. When they were calling Hosanna in the highest, the king, our king has come to deliver us, and things like that. What were they shouting? What does Hosanna mean? Hosanna in the Hebrew, in the Aramic word, means save us. Save us now. That is what they were shouting. He has come to save us. But how can a man come to save you when he's riding a donkey? You would expect him to come with a horse and walk into that place with the might of a horse. But Jesus chose a donkey. Please don't get it wrong. Jesus has, he could have said to somebody, go and get me a horse and he'll bring a horse. One of the things why I believe that Jesus chose a horse was one, he did not want, he was depicting the fact that I do not require human strength. I do not require strength. Or human, because when you see a horse, one of the why they use horses is because horses are strong. That's why when you are driving a car, they call it horsepower. So when you begin, so when Jesus was, was when Jesus chose a donkey, one of the things they use donkey for is that they are servants. Donkeys are used to carry luggage. And Jesus was saying that as you see this donkey coming, he's not coming to rule over you, but this, this, this king is coming to serve. It will be a donkey that will carry the burden of people. He's not coming there in his majesty. So Jesus said, I need a donkey, not a horse. And the Bible says that they began to come, they, he, was, he was walking on that horse, on that, he, was, sorry, he was riding the donkey, and people were shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he 
who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, it's interesting that Jesus has never, if you read through the scriptures, Jesus will never allow anybody call him king, messiah, or whatever it is. He will say, keep quiet. But why did they choose this time when they said, they are there to keep quiet. And if they keep quiet, stones will rise up. Why was, what was different? This is a man that has always said to everybody, don't classify me as God. Don't see me as a savior. But on the day where he was about to make that journey, people were shouting, Hosanna. And Jesus said, you dare not shut them up. I believe that one of the reasons why Jesus does that is that if you, you can worship Jesus in any way, but until you worship him as the Lamb of God, you are not knowing it. You can, that is why the only um, worship that Jesus said, nobody would forget this one. What was that? When that woman was poured an alabaster box on him, and he said that she is preparing me for my burial. And he said, Be- what this woman has done, she will never be forgotten. Why? Because she was connecting his sacrifice. That's why I love Christmas. It's good. I love chicken. It's okay. But that is why Jesus never said celebrate Christmas. He said, rem- he said, oh, he said, he told them when he was giving his blood and his body. He said, this is what I want you to remember. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So when you have, anybody can know who Jesus is, hear about, that is why every other religion has said they rewrite about Jesus. But what they do not agree on is that it was a sacrifice of God. What they do not agree on is that it was a sacrifice of God. Yeah, but how can God kill his son? Or God does not even have a son. That's why the Bible says, that's why this is so, that's why when you read, that's why I'm saying that when, when, when I started up from reading in, um, um, uh, talking to you about how the Bible is, is written, is that there is so much focus on this one week. Because if anybody does not understand what happened in that week, then you are not a Christian. Because the foundation of it, and what, I, what, I, what I'm trying to say, that is the only thing everybody disagrees on. Because of the death of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's why when that's why I believe when Jesus did miracles, Jesus just said to them, This is what you should remember in everything. Why was Jesus saying that? Because this is the only thing that people would every other person would disagree on. But and as I begin to draw this to a close, is that you know we talk about triumphant entry. But the thing is that it did not end in triumph. That triumphant entry did not end where? 
through the scriptures, Jesus, when, when, when the triumphal entry, we read it. Okay, let's, let's just have a look at it. Let's go to Luke first. Luke chapter 19. Thank you. Luke chapter 19, yeah. It says, and some Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebook your disciples. And Jesus answered, and he said to them, I tell you that if they should keep silent, the stones will immediately cry out. Let's have the next slide, please. He says, now as he drew near, so he was coming, as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it. And he said, had you known, even you, especially you in this day, the things that make, that make for you, that's make for your peace, but now it is hidden from your, from your heart. Let's go to the next slide. He said, amen. But when you read through that scripture, what he was saying was that the Bible says, when Jesus came there, he wept. So when Jesus, when, because people talk about, um, um, what's it called? The, um, the, the triumphal adventure, said, triumphal, but that was not how he ended. By the time Jesus got there, though they were shouting, Jesus got there and Jesus began to cry. One of the reasons why they began, why I believe he began to cry was that people had no clue who he was. They did not understand what was happening. In fact, when you go to Mark, again, Mark chapter 11, you will see that the Bible says that they, those who went before, who, who went before and those who followed him cried out saying, Hosanna, blessed is he, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes. In that, sorry, in that the Lord of hosts, Hosanna in the highest. Now let's look at what happened. The Bible says, and Jesus went into Jerusalem, into the temple. That's why I said to you, when Jesus went, the place he went to was the temple. Why? Because he needed to present himself as a sacrifice. But the Bible says, and when he looked around at all things, the hour was already late and he went home. Now, when you look at another person, will probably tell you that when he got into the temple, the temple was empty. So when Jesus looked around, he came into the temple, they did not recognize sacrifice. Everybody was still buying sacrifice. And Jesus was standing at the temple. That was why when you see after this, the next thing he did was when he came to the temple, he cleared everybody out. What am I pointing out? Even on that day, triumphant entry handed badly because people saw Jesus and they could not recognize him. It's okay to say triumphant entry. It's okay to say, ah, do you know what? Today is Palm Sunday. The question is that do you understand what happened with that day? Can you, do you know that when the Bible says that Jesus wept, there were people shouting, Hosanna, and Jesus still looked at them and wept. 
That's why I think it's extremely important that we understand what happened in that week. It's okay to shout Hosanna. There were some people who shouted it in that day. And Jesus just looked at them and said, they had no clue what was going on. And what happened on that day was that everybody has been trying to reach God with their sacrifice. But God on that day brought his own sacrifice. The world needed an answer. There was, a, there was, there was weeping. People had, people had lost contact with God. But God was saying, whatever you are doing, this is the sacrifice I'm providing for myself. And as he began to walk into the temple, the temple was empty. There was nobody there. Nobody was waiting. I would say this as I take just a couple of steps down. When they bought the lamp for inspection, Everybody, every family, everybody had to have their own portion. So that means that if you don't identify with that land, you are your own. Hallelujah. That is why, as far as God is concerned, when you read Romans chapter chapter 8 verse 32 he says he who did not spare his own son but delivered him from all but delivered him up for us all shall he not also freely give us every other thing that was the day I was our God did something and I was dancing on the road and I felt that God said to me Daniel you are dancing because I gave you this say when was the last time you danced like this because I gave you my son which one is bigger? The life of my son or what I've just provided for? And that's Christians are so excited about what God did. But they look over the actual sacrifice, which is the most important thing that happened for them. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So, if you go to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, he says, therefore, he says, when he came into this world, he said, the sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but my body have, have you prepared for me? In the bond sacrifice and sacrifice of sin, you have no pleasure. So what, what is the Bible saying? Is that, let me just go through a couple of things. Because I just feel that it's important that Christians understand who they are. I said a couple, couple of times before. 
the Sikh, the Hindus, they believe in that when you come into this world, you are paying for the sin of the past world that you live in. So they believe that your life is on the rotation until you finally pay for your sins. And another religion will tell you that once your good deed outweighs your bad deed. But the question is that, can you be sure that your good deed will outweigh your bad deed? That's why Jesus came. That is why the sacrifice master. Can I ask you this question as we, as I go to the last part of this? Which category do you fall into? On that day, there was three categories, I might say four, of people on the scene as Jesus came into 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 the, uh, what's it called? Into the temple. One. You've got to last like this. One was the donkey. The donkey was told, they didn't ask him. He just took the donkey. And donkey went. The donkey stood what I, what I would say as total devotion. He didn't care where they were taking him to. His total devotion was, was, was to the person, that, was the master that was controlling him. But this is the place that we talk about, the people that were shouting Hosanna. But if you read the Bible where they were not shouting Hosanna because they felt like it. If you look at John chapter 10, uh, sorry, John chapter 12, verse 9, the Bible says, now a great number of Jews who, who was there, they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they came to see Nazareth. So you have these people, they did not, the reason why they came and why they were there shouting Hosanna was not because they had any special conviction. They saw that Jesus did miracle and they said, yeah, this one looks like someone that can, that can deliver us. And they were shouting Hosanna. Why? Because on Sunday they were shouting Hosanna. By Friday, they were saying, kill him. See, when you have a Christian life that's associated with, I only do this if God does that, that kind of Christianity will shout Hosanna today, but a couple of times later, they will say, kill him. The last grand people were, were the Pharisees, the priests. Their interest was you know, this boy cannot be... See, I am okay with Jesus as long as Jesus... As long as I, I am the one... I am the, um, I, um, I am the one at the forefront. So the question is, when Jesus was looking for a ride, there were three different people or three different items around him. He could have taken the priest. But the priests were only interested as long as their names were, were on it. The people were following Jesus as long as the miracles was happening. The, when the miracles stopped, they said, well, no, this one, this is the wrong one. And the last one was the donkey, who did not care what anybody said. He was just saying, wherever you want me to go, I would go.
It's important that we understand that on a day like this, when Jesus wants to go and present himself, he's looking for a donkey. But the question is, am I prepared to be his right? A donkey is not the strongest in the horse family. So God is saying, I know you're weak, I know you're not perfect, but you are okay. I, if, I, if I needed to show off in your strength, I would go for a horse, but I chose a donkey. And all I'm saying, all God, I feel God is saying to us is that it doesn't matter all you need to do is just total submission. God, I am available. Ride on me. Because that donkey became part of history. That donkey, all of a sudden, you know when you, when you live in some part of Nigeria, there are some, um, you know, I, I, I stayed a bit in the north. But even if you are not been in the north, there are some um, goats in Nigeria that specialize in eating human, <laughs> human cloth. Like they put it somewhere, <laughs> they begin to eat. You understand know what I'm saying? So, what they do, they, do, they use stick to chase them away. But now, people now take what they carry. Sorry, their they they are, they are, um, wares and they place it on the floor as the donkey begins to take a ride. Can I say to you that I don't have, but if you look at your five pounds, that five pounds is what? It's just paper. It's nothing. What makes it five pounds is because of the signature of the Bank of England on it. If I produce five pounds and I sign it, will you take it anywhere? No. So it is not the value of the paper, but it's the value of who has written on it. When you go to all these shows, you see somebody was, uh, uh, all these, I think it was son of one American, sorry, African president, Congo, Congo, whatever it is, be, they have just those areas, bought the gloves of Michael Jackson, I think for about 250,000 pounds or so, one of his gloves. I think that, and if he keeps it for long, that glove would, would reach a million pounds. If you wear gloves and you give it to somebody, <laughs> when you go to somebody's house, you forget your gloves and they'll put it in the bin. They'll call you, please come and <laughs> come and take this glove. Why? Because it is not in the quality of the glove, it is who wore that glove that makes a difference. I used to tell us that if Somebody goes to the shop, JD Sports, and goes to go and buy Messi Jesse. And you write Messi on it. And you want to sell it after wearing it. People will say, you would, they will use it to clean cars or whatever it is at the end of the day. 
But if Messi goes to Primark, buy a one pound t-shirt and wears it and takes it off and gives it to somebody to sell, that one pound t-shirt will sell for 10,000 pounds. It is not, the quality is not in who the quality of the shirt. It is who wore that shirt that matters. And I want to end it by saying to us, every one of us is a donkey. But there must, somebody must sit on you. Either God or something else. That's why Jesus said, when you want to bring me this donkey, nobody has to have ridden on it before. I'm sorry, nobody must have sat on it before. That means that donkeys are meant to be sat on. But the donkey that I want, I cannot sit on that donkey and somebody else be sitting. You know, in Nigeria, they have the uh, time lesson. You know, some of you don't do it. <laughs> You're in better. You those kind of... Um, Hallelujah. Amen. Google it. Don't worry. If you say Google it, <laughs> you can Google it, you'll find it today. Yes, where, where, where you have somebody has to move their head for the other person to put their head out to, to spit <laughs> and things like that. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. What, what I want is a donkey that no one is sitting on. Because I would not share a donkey with someone else. But as I as you mark these, um, what's it called? These, um, this, this, this triumphant entry, Palm Sunday. People are waiting for the sacrifice, but Jesus is waiting for a donkey. There are people out there who will be going out today who want to know about Jesus. But Jesus is saying, I know they are waiting for me, but I need a donkey. I need someone that will carry me into the world. I need someone that will carry me. So when we celebrate Palm Sunday, it is good to celebrate Jesus and the people, but most of the time we forget that there was somebody that carried him. May God grant us grace. Please, on this day, make a decision. Stop trying to upgrade yourself. If you go from Primark to um, New Look to Rivers, say Rivers, I believe. Revival. Amen. River Island. Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm trying to say. To the one at Central London. You can keep on putting on new levels. And God is saying, see, that doesn't make. Let's open our Bible. No, my time is almost gone. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 114. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 114. So it's not up there, so 
This is a way we know who has Bible, who doesn't have Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. And think please come. Uncle Michael, please come. Hallelujah. No, don't worry, you're not coming to read some. Close your Bible, they will read it. Amen. Hallelujah. No, put your Bible there. Amen. Now, the Bible says something. Which one is Israel? You are short, so you do Israel. Open the door. So we go. Okay. You're standing. Okay. So the Bible says that when Israel went out of Egypt and the house of Jacob from a people of strange downgrade. Yes. Judah was a sanctuary. Judah was a sanctuary. Now, what does Judah mean? Judah means praise. And the Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. So, assuming she is Judah, that name sounds fitting, but amen. Assuming she is Judah, and God is she's carrying God. The Bible says that if you go, it says Judah be more recent. See, this is the problem when you read so much about when they are teaching you about how to read the scriptures. Israel is dominion. Now the Bible now says that the sea saw Judah. So Judah was coming, and assuming our brother is the sea. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is the sea. The Bible says that as Judah was coming, the sea fled. Amen. <laughs> and the mountains kicked like rock. Yes. Now, the problem now became nobody understood what was going on. So the question was what happened to you, mountains, that what you are skipping? Yes. Uh huh. Back. Yes, ma'am. Give mountains that you skip like grass. Uh-huh. And ye little hills like lambs. Yes. Tremble down. Now the pro what they now discovered is that because Judah was carrying God, they now said, you know, they did not say that tremble before Judah. They said at, at the presence, at of, the God. presence of God. And at the presence of God of Jacob. Amen. God bless you, ma'am. So what was happening was that you had the mountains lying up. You had the rivers lined up. And Judah, which was separated to God, as God began to rise on the praise of Judah, as he began to walk through, things began to move away. That was what was happening to that donkey. Because donkey, it is wrong. See, the critics say that that donkey now thinks that when Jesus comes off, Say, so, well, I too can go. They would, they would clear the road for me. By the time he stands there and he sees somebody chasing him with stick. But if somebody did not tell that donkey, nobody cares about you. You are not that important. What makes you important is the person sitting on you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. So, at times, that is why at times you just see some people. That's why Paul was saying that if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in one thing that I know God. 
I'm saying this also for us so that as we go out into our daily lives, you know that when people begin to say, let's just let him go. It has nothing to do with you. It's just because you are carrying something. I shared it with us a couple of times that I was at work one day. I have never in my life carried Bible there in my former place of work. I was working and I was helping. So I was working and a guy came to meet me. That man is a Sikh. Very old man. And the man was helping me. And my friend, so Benjamin walked in. And Benjamin said, ah, Ade, you enjoy, you know, is everybody seem to be helping you out? And that man said to me, that man said to him, ah, it's, not, it's not about him. And that man said, yes, I know. He has his bosses, the boss, the boss like him. I will never forget that statement. That man said it has nothing to do with him. It's about the God his house. I have never told somebody I'm a Christian. But I believe as I entered that place, he saw something. So he was saying, No, the Bible is empty. Just let us give it to you. Then I, it is not now for me to say, you know, I am not, but it's for me to make sure that I don't lose what I carry. Because some people have become like donkeys that they said, don't worry, let Jesus leave. We, are, we, 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 we helped Jesus out. So I said, okay, don't worry. Go and see what. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.